Welcome to the Course Creator Community Podcast. Your host is a course creator who currently generates over $1 million a year selling his online courses. And now he teaches you how to do the same. And just so you know, he is the world's biggest fan of the TV show Sons of Anarchy, having watched all seven seasons multiple times. Hashtag Team Jax Teller, Mr. Jonah Petrahilos. All right, what's happening, people? John O'Hee from the Course Creator Community. Super excited to get into this week's podcast. Just before I do, I want to uh, just make sure everyone that's li- that listens to our podcast is also in our Facebook group, the Course Creator Community Facebook group. Uh, we've actually got one of the largest and most engaged Facebook groups in the world for course creators. There's about 5,000 of us in there at the moment. Everyone's super supportive and we all share tips and ideas. So if you're not already in our Facebook group, make sure to join. You can either type in course creator community and we'll come up or just go via the link in the show notes. Anyways, let's get to today's episode. I'm interviewing a fellow Australian. This woman is the head of Sparkle eLearning, where they help people create their online courses fast. So without further ado, let me introduce the one and only Ms. Lisa Listama. Lisa, how are you? Good, thank you. How are you? I'm awesome. Lisa, I like to start all my podcasts off with a quote or mantra that inspires you or fires you up. Have you got one for us? I have one. I don't use it as much anymore, but I definitely used it to get started and it was fake it until you make it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that one there. What what does that one mean to you, Lisa? Expand a little bit for us. Oh, I guess, you know, you may not have the confidence or the experience, but if you have a passion and some drive, mm-hmm. then, you know, just do it anyway. And eventually you will learn gain the experience it will happen and you'll make it in the end and that's I guess how I've ended up where I, I feel like I faked it until I've made it there it is <laughs> I love it well I've um have you read the book Think and Grow Rich by any chance Lisa no I haven't but I've okay. heard of it okay so I um I'm a big fan of it and there was also like a movie or a video version that came out and there was one thing in there that fired me up, which was very similar to that. There was essentially a, a nobody that wanted to yeah. work with Thomas Edison, the, the favorite, the famous inventor. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the nobody walked in. He's like, yep, I want a job. Thomas Edison is like, you got no qualifications. You got no skills. You got nothing. Like, why would I hire you? And the, the guy was like, hey, I don't have nothing. I got yeah. a burning desire to be successful. Exactly. Just give me one shot and I will make it. And then Thomas Edison was like, you know what? This guy's got some some gusto about him. I'll hire him. And then he became that uh, Thomas Edison's business partner. So yeah, I think passion and drive is just as important. So I love that. It actually sounds better as passion and drive rather than <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just like I used to say that and I'm like, oh, there's something uh, something funny about the fake word. You know, like, I know, I know why fake. you're saying it, but you know, if, if yeah. someone may interpret it differently, you know. Exactly. So that's why I've um worded it differently. I like that. So Lisa, your specialty involves around creating the course, but more specifically from the professional point of view. So things like instructional design, scoping, storyboarding, e-learning development. These are things that I wouldn't even have a clue what what they mean. So I'm going to hand it over to you. But just before we do, let us know a little bit about yourself. What is it your business do? What's your background? How'd you come about that? Spend the next sort of five or so minutes letting us know a little bit about you. And then we'll get into the the tips for the listeners. Okay, cool. Yeah. So um, 
So I own an e-learning development company, which, um, I mean, I guess online courses nowadays are very popular and anybody can can make one. But actually, that was not the case um, a long time ago before COVID, before it was made easy via the Internet. Um, there, it was actually more of a professional thing that uh, companies would do to help train their staff. And um, they would put their courses online in um, formats such as slides. Some people might have experienced these where they have to click next and listen to a voiceover. So that's the sort of old school traditional e-learning, which is actually where I come from. I, I come from a, um, a government background. Um, I worked in Canberra for 10 years. This is where I learned my craft and studied and you know, I, have a I have a qualification. Um, and I've basically taken all of that sort of traditional course creation that was done for big corporations, big organizations. Um, I've then taken on the new sort of e-learning, which people do now, or online course development, which is um, putting your course on platforms and doing videos or doing email courses, you know, doing all that new, new age, new age crazy sort of um, online course stuff and I've smushed them together and um, I created my company called Sparkle eLearning and so I help I help anybody whether it be big banks anywhere down to an entrepreneur with a burning desire um, to get their course online even if they have just a crazy idea so yeah it's a um, bit of a, a bit of a long history but um, I eventually decided to start my own business because there just wasn't there wasn't someone out there that I could see that offered um, both options in a really cool, fun way. There's definitely e-learning companies out there and I love them all. Um, but I guess at the time I kind of didn't see a lot of females and um, I didn't see them sort of developing things that were really super like, fun and exciting that were um you know really unique and that's what I that's why it's called sparkle e-learning and I guess I wanted to bring some sparkle to the to the e-learning world love it well I'm, I'm a huge fan of having fun and I'm a huge <laughs> fan of unique things so I'm super excited to chat to you Lisa cool. for the listeners if you want to check out more about Lisa I'll put her website and her social media down in the show notes but the the website is sparkleelearning.com and the socials are pretty similar, right, Lisa? Yeah, yeah. Awesome. I'll put the links down below anyway. So let's dive into it. I guess the first question, Lisa, what's instructional design? I've got a rough idea myself. Some of the listeners may or may not. So let's let's start there as a broad topic. What's instructional design? Yeah, I can't give you a definition as such, but from my from what I do with instructional design, it is the the planning of an online course. So creating, you know, your high level modules, what you want to talk about, definitely thinking about the goals that you want your um, learners to achieve. Um, and then it's uh, creating the content. So it's not putting the content online just yet. It is not creating videos just yet. It is um, if you've got words to write, if you've got um, uh, things to design, you might have some slides or things like that you want to design. It's sort of the non-tech part mm -hmm. of the course. It's gotcha. the 
it's the it's planning planning the what what you want people to where you want them to start and then where you want them to go to um so you're designing the instructions of gotcha. of the journey of of a course it's the um, sticky the sticky notes right that's the the basic part of it right well yeah but it's it's it can be as small or as big as you want to make it so mm. it could be as simple as thinking about the goals that you want your students to achieve, writing down the steps of the course on how you're going to get them there, and then fleshing it out with some with some content and maybe a quiz. That's basic instructional design. You can then go to the whole point of um, some people want a course that is completely written and they might want the course to go for an hour. So, um, so that someone will read it online and, you know, no videos or anything like that. You might add some images and things to make it interesting and with a quiz. Um, so, so that's instructional design, writing the entire content, doing the research, working with a client um, or working with yourself if it's, if it's your course and um, trying to extract all the information out um, of your client or of yourself to put into the course. So it's basically, it's basically, yeah, everything that you want to stick in it, it has to be, you lay it out right in front of you um, so that you can see what you've done and you can edit it and things like that. It's just, it's that before the online part. Does that make sense? Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. It's essential. Yeah. And I think it's important because there might be a lot of people that don't do that if you're new to the course creation world. And yeah. it's almost like, um, it's not always the best learning experience for the user. If you go in there where you're like, right, I'm going to have a course and I'm just going to give people info and it's going to have all these videos, it's going to have this, it's that. It's kind of like, great, what's the outcome? You know, if someone takes that course, what do they get at the, at the end of it, you know? And 100%. also, are they implementing it? It's mm-hmm. like, okay, great. They've, they've just got all this info, but, you know, are they actually doing it? Is there action tasks? Should there be action tasks? Are you assessing them? Are you assessing it at the end, during it? Like, there's a lot of little things going on there. And it's a, a world apart. You may not see it if you're new to the, the course creation yeah. space. Oh, this person's got a course. Oh, that's easy. I can take some videos and, and put it up there. But there's a lot more going on behind the scenes. And the more you get into the education side of things, the, the better. And, and as Lisa said, it's not the tech stuff. It's not, oh, I guess uh, I guess it blurs a little bit in, in some of the stuff. If it's, if it's kind of like, I guess what I'm saying is like, you know, how much modules am I having and is it video or is it, that would be the instructional design still, that's, right? That's definitely the instructional design. Absolutely. Yeah. The, it's the scripting. Yeah. So if you're doing videos, it's the planning and the scripting of the videos. Yeah. Um, it is, uh, you know, if you've got PowerPoint slides that you want to present or, or you, you know, you've got some visual, maybe you're, this part is about gathering. Yeah. You're, you're gathering things and you're creating a roadmap to then put online. Gotcha. It's it's definitely also a part where um, you really need to sit in your user's shoes yeah. and think about what is it that they are going to learn. Mm. An online course is something that they are going to learn and they're going to potentially change. You want them to change their behavior or be able to implement something. Mm. If it's just information that you're providing, that's a website. That's not a course. Well, would so, someone pay for that, right? You know, exactly. so can get that for free. Oh, I, I'll pay for information. I'll pay for a white paper or whatever it might be. I'll pay for a book. That's information. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, it doesn't, it's not necessarily, you know, it's whether it's paid for or not. 
But a course has actionable steps. It has activities built in. It has things that people will do to be able to get to the goal. Reading, you know, is not necessarily going to get them there. So during the instructional design part is where you will write your content or plan your content and you will also add in those actionable steps. So you'll be you know, module one, I'm going to add an activity in here. I'm going to, you know, I'm doing, I'm doing a wellness exercise. I'm going to get them to go outside. I'm going to get them to do some breathing exercises. You know, that, that is a course, you know, and by the end of the course, they'll be able to, you know, meditate for half an hour or something, something like that, you know. So that's, that is the instructional design part. It's not, it's putting, yeah, it's the content, but it's not the how we're going to deliver it just yet. Gotcha. Okay, cool. That part makes sense. Now, I've got a list of terms here, Lisa. Yeah. I think we run through these terms. Okay. So that way I can on. understand the listeners as well. So mm-hmm. the first one you've listed here is scoping. Yeah. What does scoping mean? Okay. So that is trying, depends on who you're talking to. So if you're creating a course for your, uh, that is your knowledge yep. and you are putting your knowledge out into the world. So it's a course you're you're putting out there scoping is sitting down with yourself and saying okay what is this course about what do I want people to learn um, and what am I going to include that is basic basic scoping you're giving yourself parameters you know we're going to start here I'm going to end here and we're going to tackle xyz in the middle that is that is a scope of work gotcha. um if you, what can happen is um, sometimes when we're creating courses, especially if it's our own course, we get this thing called scope creep where you go, oh, but I just want to add that in. Oh, mm. but I just want to add that in because you're an expert and you know, you know this much, yeah. but your, your course is only teaching this much, right? Yeah. So by doing the scoping part at the beginning of a project and really nailing down the fundamental things that you are going to teach people, it stops your course from blowing out mm. your time frame for, for blowing out and also potentially providing a product to a student that is beyond what they actually need. Yeah. So, so that's scoping if it's you as yeah. a creating your course. If you're creating a course for someone else, the scoping part of the project is right at the beginning and basically you're sitting together and you're saying, okay, what is this course about? What do we want the student to achieve? What is it going to look like? And same thing, what are the parameters? All right. I want to give a quick shout out to this week's sponsor, which is the Book Writing Blueprint, which is hosted by my friend, Jesse Beyer. Now, if you're a course creator, I'm sure the thought has crossed your mind before. Ooh, should I write an online book? How do I write an online book? Where are the ben- What are the benefits? Where do I start? If that's the case, this is the program for you because Jesse's created it. It's not just any, you know, how to author a book program. It's catered specifically for the online entrepreneur service provider course creator. So the process will therefore be easy for you to write, 
and easy for people, then the book will be easy for people to read as well. And the whole goal is so that you can share your message more and also increase your business revenue too. And the best part, it's currently on special. If you go via the link in the show notes, my link uh, down there, you're going to get it for just $37. Plus you get a whole heap of bonuses as well. I'm not going to read them all out here, but if you, you go to the website there, there's going to be bonuses that help you with, um, help with the selection of your book topic, help you edit your manuscript, um, writing prompts to get inspired there's all these videos with other authors a whole heap of good stuff there so link is in the show notes check it out the cool thing about scraping with a client is that you then lock them in to this because your client is going to go but now once you're down here you know you're off and you're in the e-learning development phase you know we're eight weeks in they're gonna go but can i please have this can i please have that oh we forgot to add and I get that, but if you do this scoping part and get it nailed down, you've got a plan, you've got it written down, and you've you know your client has signed off on it, then that then um, it, it's easier for you to manage that project, to um, to price that project, and and to achieve that project. If you know if you don't have that scoping part, a three month build can take it could take twelve months. Let's take a quick break. When it comes to influencer marketing, there's a podcast that covers it all that you will want to add to your playlist. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. They talk about influencer marketing, social media, the creator economy, social commerce, and much, much more. They cover all aspects, including the creator economy, social commerce, the latest trends, the metaverse, TikTok trends, and that's just the beginning. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. Add the podcast to your playlist right now. I'll, I'll give a couple examples there. So I'll use a few of my businesses. Yeah. So one of my businesses, fitness education online, right? Mm-hmm. Like 40 different courses there. Yeah. But the first one was how to run a successful boot camp. Yeah. Right. Now, if I didn't scope, yeah. that would have taken, I could have put all those 40 courses that I've got now are yeah. just expansions from that. Because now mm-hmm. I've got a course, how to use kettlebells, how to use medicine balls, how to yeah. do sales, how to do marketing. If yeah. I didn't have a scope that said, right, this is just boot camp, yeah, I'd still be creating this course seven years later, you know, I'd still be creating this this one course here. So I think um, and I yeah. think a message for the listeners there is yeah, you're not going to put everything in there. You've probably got multiple courses in you. Mm-hmm. And it's actually, it, it can be better sometimes to have less information because it's a specific goal. Let's say, for example, I want to learn, I don't know, marketing is always an easy one to use, right? So let's use marketing as an example. Like I might just want to learn how to do Facebook ads to a webinar, right? That's the one thing that I want to learn. If you give me, here's how you use your personal profile, here's how you use a Facebook group, and here's how you use, I'm going to get bored of it. I'm not even going to finish it, you know? But if you give me that one thing, and I may even pay more for it as well, because it's like, oh, it's exactly what I need. I'm going to buy that one there. So important. All right, let's move on to another one. Uh, storyboarding. What's storyboarding, Lisa? Okay. So there's two. So I live in two worlds, and e-learning or online courses are, are two worlds. Um, so there is a um, what a lot of people will will be familiar with nowadays, which is an online platform. I'm watching videos. I'm yeah. doing. I've got a workbook. You know, I'm working through it. 
So a storyboard would be um, a sheet of paper. I just use a Word document. It's set up as a table and I have um, module one, I would say module one or the name of the module on one side. And then I'll put the content um, next to it in the, the column next to module one. So I might say, so basically I'm planning exactly what it's going. This is that storyboarding is instructional design, by the way, yeah, yeah, yeah. the same thing. Yep. So I have module one, I'll have the content, then I'll say video about X, activity about Y, and a quiz gotcha. about Z. That is storyboarding for online sort of courses that are that anybody can make. That's very easy. Mm. The storyboarding can also be um, for very in very detailed interactive learning, whereby you have um, a a screen which has animations on it it has clickable features it has things popping up and sounds going off you know almost like a game um, that you're learning through so a storyboard for that is actually creating those designs in a um, in a sort of a very plain version um, so you basically do the do the basics you don't do any animation you just put all the visuals on the on uh, I use PowerPoint and then I upload the PowerPoint into a e-learning software which I then that's the e-learning development part I won't get to that but this is the planning um, I'm creating the visual elements and um, and I can then I, for my clients I can then give them that storyboard and say you know this is what your course is going to look like you've got you know um, you've got animations here. We're going to do a, a drag and drop here. We're going to have a voiceover playing here. Um, and they can then see the sort of the visual side of it. So it's gotcha. a bit, it's a bit two places, really. Let me yeah. see if I understand. Let's start with the first one, the easier one, because then yeah. that'll be good for the listeners. <laughs> that, <laughs> that's essentially because I, I I'll explain how I do how I do my variation of that, which I think is a variation of storyboarding. Yeah. I start None off. Of wrong. Well, well, I'm not even sophisticated enough for a, a Microsoft Word. I use a, a sheet of paper that I've I've got just here, you know, and I essentially it. write down. Okay, here's the course. You know, <laughs> what's the module? I, I like it like a step by step. It's like yeah. okay, if they're going to get this goal here, here are the five things they need to learn. Here's module one, two, three, four, and five. Yeah. There's the big picture. Now let me go and and I sort of refer to it as modules and units. When yeah. it's like, all right, cool. Module is the the big thing. And for you to get the result from this module, here are the three little things you need to do. And then by the end of it on my piece of paper, I've got, you know, five modules, three units in each module, and a few dot points next to each um, unit where yeah. I know what I'm going to cover. Yeah. That's storyboarding caveman 101, right? Yes. Awesome. Cool. And I'm sure there's people listening to this that maybe use Trello and, you know, different tools, yeah. like that, which may be a bit more um, technical. So there's that side there. Then the other side to it sounded like almost like the, the bare bones to start with, where it's like, all right, here's my PowerPoint. It's the bare bones. And do you want to jump in? It's definitely not. No, it, okay. is, it is a full design. Yeah. of of a um of a slide it's yeah. it's it's completely um graphic designed 
basically it's a full graphic design slide that is a but it's it's done simply on a on a powerpoint which then eventually gets loaded into an an e-learning authoring tool which then enables it to be animated but it's a full it's a it's not even a concept anymore it is a full design everything so here's the powerpoint here's the dot points there's going to be photos that pop up here there's going to be a sound that pops up there games whatever you want to put on yeah Gotcha. And that is, so everything aside from the presenter actually recording, is that what that is? 100%. Gotcha. So it would be writing everything up and then that's your storyboard there. The presenter just jumps on and they know, okay, I open this up, I read these dot points here, I click this, this animation will come up. Yes and no. So it's, it's, I mean, I guess e-learning and and online course development is not it's it's a spectrum. Yeah. It is not um, it's not one or the other. There there is there is so many different types of e-learning. Mm-hmm. I guess the 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 one I'm talking about is a more of a self-paced. Um, it's not run. It's not hosted by anyone. It it um it has a automatic voiceover. So someone oh. it'll actually be scripted. Um, and recorded and then during that recording things on the screen will pop up and it will teach you um what this what that slide is about so for instance gotcha. you might yeah so for instance you might have um um you know how to set up your workstation okay yeah. so you might have let's set up an office desk so it will have a picture of an office desk we will just yeah, literally graphic design an office desk yeah and then as the voiceover is playing it will say um ensure that your desk is at a certain height so that you feel comfortable and then you yeah. might see the desk and that's, that's like a generic voice right that's not me pressing record over zoom and talking that that's it's, a, a it's a, a professional it's no, it's a professional, <laughs> it's a professionally recorded voiceover that you, you actually do. So during the instructional design phase, you are writing a script to go with your storyboard and you will provide that to a professional voiceover artist who will then. Gotcha. Like yeah. the people on the radio and. and Absolutely. Yeah. Or you can, I do it myself. I have a recording studio, which I record. If people want my sound, I will record the voice the professional voiceover for them. Yeah. 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 Gotcha. So like I said, e-learning is, it's so broad. Like, mm. so our listen, your listeners are probably right at the beginning but, you know, and, and, and that's a great place, but it goes on and on and on and on. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. It reminds me of games I used to play in kindergarten, you know, that, that table one, you know, I can't remember what it was, you know, dress yourself or something, you know, now you're going to put a funny hat on, now you're going to put a t-shirt on and you you drag them over there. That's exactly, exactly. That's exactly what we can. Yeah. You've got a game, you want to add clothes to someone, let's do Mm. it. That is the type of storyboarding that is right at the sort of the the other end of the spectrum, which is uh, much more like a game. Let's take a quick break. If you want tips and strategies on how to start, grow, and monetize your business online, check out the Digital Revolution podcast with Eli Adams. We interview digital experts from around the world that share their personal stories. They talk about what they're currently working on and where they see the future going. But most importantly, they share tactics in their specific area of expertise with the hope of helping you improve your digital presence online. You can listen to the Digital Revolution podcast on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, iHeartRadio, or simply click on the link in the show notes below. 
Gotcha. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Another phrase for you. Authoring tools. Yes. What are authoring tools? So I did mention this. Okay. So e-learning authoring tools are software in which you can create e-learning that is interactive. Um, it, is, it enables your students to, um, I guess, play with the content. Mm. So they're not just watching a video. They are actually involved in the content. So they can click on things. They can drag things. They can spin wheels. You can make it whatever you want. Um, and then from that, if you make it, if you make your course in an authoring tool, what happens is you then export the file and that file can then be plugged into a learning management system, which might be another one of your terminologies. Um, you can then plug it into a learning management system and students can, through the learning management system, through their profile, it's like logging on, here's your course you have access to. They'll click on the course and um, they'll run through the course. That's all well and great. But the learning management system in the background is capturing all the data that that student is is undertaking. Um, so it tracks it tracks what quizzes people are getting stuck on. How what are the what's the completion data? Um, you know, and it's it's quite it's a different way of of online learning. But I guess an authoring tool is essentially. A, 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 it, the sky's the limit. You can gotcha. um, you can even put VR in it and stuff like that. It's it's quite okay. cool. Okay, so the authoring tool sounds like it's the fun sort of stuff. The games, the drag yeah. and drop, that's done via an authoring tool. Yeah, then... well, yeah. In a way, it's like it's fully customized. So you don't get given. Um, it depends on the authoring tools out there. And, and this is another spectrum type thing. There are, there are quite a few out there. Um, what are so, the popular ones out of curiosity? Throw uh, out some, some names for us. Yeah. So Articulate 360 um, is the leading one at the moment. Um, so it offers a couple of products. It has um, a product called Rise, which mm -hmm. is a, um, it's a mobile e-learning authoring tool, which um, is actually one of the most user-friendly things I've ever come across. And it's it's basically a scrollable thing and it's done in blocks. So if you have a video, you just go video. If you have, an, um, you know, uploads and things you want to pop in, but it also has um, like accordion. So if you want to have like an accordion of different information, um, it will, it will, you just go accordion and it goes ping and you just type your information. So it makes it makes your learner's experience more interesting um, than just watching a video. It gives them yeah. gives them a lot more things to look at. Um, it's much more animated. Yeah. Then Articulate 360 also offer a secondary product, which is called Storyline. And that is a traditional e-learning authoring tool, which whereby they give you a blank, almost a blank PowerPoint screen. And um, if you created your storyboard in PowerPoint, you upload it into Storyline. So your, your designs, you know, you might have 50 slides. They get popped into Storyline. You can add all sorts of triggers. So you can do things like if a person clicks here, this will pop up. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you can yeah create games and things like that. So 
that's a very, that's more like um, for very experienced e-learning developers is where they would then use articulate storyline is, um, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, not, yeah. It's, it's an industry, it's an industry standard. If you're working in, an e, in the e-learning industry, this will, this will is, is bread and butter. But for mm. average, not average, but people who, who create online courses for themselves um, and are using things like Teachable and Kajabi, you wouldn't bother. You wouldn't mm. bother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, interesting. I heard that term the first time this morning. Someone made a post on my Facebook That's group. That's right. I saw it. You see that yeah. one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, what the hell is Rise? And I'm like, yeah. I wish I had this podcast before. But and okay. Kat, Kat came back and she answered perfectly. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Awesome. All right. Cool. Final question, Lisa. Uh, user acceptance testing. Yeah. What is that? So um, it's when you get a user, some, some people might call it beta testing, I guess. It's, um, it's where you get some users who have never experienced your product before, preferably, mm-hmm. um, and you get them to test your online course. Uh, it's, you, you give them parameters, so you'll, you'll give them a list of things that they, they need to um, they need to test. So it, it will be functionality, make sure they can actually work through the entire course and not encounter any bugs, um, such as links that are broken, buttons that don't work, videos that don't play, um, things like that. And, um, but you also, so functionality is part of it. um, And that's very, very standard user acceptance testing. Um, But if you wanna go a step further, you can also ask them to, um, to do the course and, uh, experience it from a from a learner's perspective. They're not just looking for bugs. They actually do the course, and and they give you feedback um, feedback on it. And you know some of that feedback you might accept and then make a change mm-hmm. to your course. Um, but yeah, there's it's really you just basically want to get some users to to test to test it for you. Um, and you certainly wouldn't wouldn't um add a price to this they would be they're doing it as a favor if not paid yep awesome cool yes i'm a huge fan of that myself i yeah i yeah i use i'm a consistent um feedback guy though so i'm literally you know at the end of every course there's a survey yeah what did you think what did you like what could i have done better tell me Yes. And then it's a consistent tinkering thing. So I'm I'm a huge fan of that. Um, awesome. All right, cool. That's given us a, some really good info there, Lee. So there's just a couple of questions I like to always finish up this podcast with mm-hmm. um, around mentors. So you're obviously now a mentor for plenty of people out there that are creating courses. I'm curious to hear who your biggest mentors have been. And if you could answer this in a few different ways, if you could give us a paid mentor, to someone that you've paid money to, to learn a, a skill from or to coach you, someone that you haven't paid money to, but you follow them on social media, you watch their YouTube videos, do their podcasts, whatever it may be, and a book that you recommend every course creator should read. So paid, unpaid, and book. Okay. Paid is none of these, only one of these people is to do with e-learning. I don't even have an e-learning book that I can recommend. Um so uh, the person that is paid is my business coach, Adam Frampton from Pink Bamboo on the Sunshine Coast. He is um, 
definitely not in the e-learning industry, however, does have an online course. He created it himself without me and it's bloody awesome. Mm -hmm. It's like a transform your business in 21 days. It's incredible. Um, But what he has helped me understand is um, the value of what I offer to Mm -hmm. people, my experience. I have an extreme amount of experience and breadth of knowledge in this industry Um, and I've created like over 400 courses for people, um, wow. one of my own, 400 for other people. Um, and so he has helped me understand my, my worth and, um, and basically helped me realise that not only can I mentor people, but I potentially can also, well, not potentially, I will, um, can become a leader in this mm. industry, especially in Australia, um, helping people create online courses, not just for themselves, but also to obtain work and jobs um, within the industry, which is something I never really thought I would do. But I'm, um, yeah, he's basically, yeah, got me on the path of believing and knowing that I can. Yeah. Love it. Super yeah, inspiring. It is. Um, Unpaid was the first guy that taught me how to do e-learning. So his his name is Andrew Thurley and um, he was he lives in Melbourne. We worked for the Department of Veterans Affairs together uh, seven years ago. And um, he, I came to him and I said, look, my bosses told me I have to create an e-learning for 4,000 people. I've never done this before. How do I do it? And he was the internal um, e-learning developer. And he said, don't worry, I can teach you. And we still keep in touch. And I actually wouldn't be here without him and, and his guidance and his uh, generosity of of saying, you know, giving me what he had learned himself and encouraging me on this journey. Um, and I guess the book that I really love that is also is not about e-learning is um, I love Winging It by Emma Isaacs. It it is it was so powerful powerful for me to read as a woman starting out in business. Um, especially in a male-dominated industry, mm-hmm. um, in the e- especially in the e-learning, um, the e-learning industry, um, and she basically, yeah, just like, yeah, she literally said, "Fake it till you make it." It's called winging it, um, you know. And you just grab the bull by the horns, have some confidence, and and go to town. And yeah, I love that book. I recommend it highly. Just checking it on Amazon now. So, winging it by Emma, Emma Isaacs. See, it? she's Australian. Ooh, is it um, female specific? Will men get a lot out no, of it? No, it does. We'll love it. Yeah, awesome. it's fantastic. No, and I mean, anything that is female specific, men should read um, in general. Uh, but um, look, she's a boss, man. She owns Business Chicks. She's the founder of Business Chicks. And that is any woman who's in business will know. Who, what business chicks is and it's it's incredible she's affiliated with people like richard branson like wow well yeah. I, i've just put it on my shopping cart then and the <laughs> the reason i asked is the suggestion book that came up was nice girls don't get the corner office and i was uh, like oh should i add that one too I, I might leave that one but i'll definitely yeah. get the uh have you read that one out of curiosity? No, I haven't, but I have a big issue with that title <laughs> nice girls why do we have to be nice What's that about? That's a yeah. bigger question. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, cool. So that's pretty much all I wanted to cover today, Lisa. Is oh. there anything I should have asked you but forgot to or anything you want to finish us off with? No questions. They were 
nuts. And that was very intense and probably maybe too intense for some of your listeners. I'm sorry if I went too far. Um, But look, if anybody out there is wanting to create an online course, either the most basic online course all the way through to creating the crazy e-learning, authoring, getting a job, working in the industry, I have a masterclass that you can join. It's online. It's self-paced. It's called the online online course creation masterclass. Um, it's four ninety seven, which is stupidly low. Next year, I'm putting it up. It's worth it's worth a couple of thousand dollars. So I would encourage people to jump on it, and it it will teach you what we've talked about: instructional design, storyboarding different platforms. If you want to go down the e-learning authoring tool, you can. Scoping, user acceptance, yes, it covers the whole gambit and um, you don't have to have done any, have, have had any experience um, to jump on. Awesome. Love it. All right. I'll put all those links in the show notes. Thank you very much for your time, Lisa. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Course Creator Community Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. We really appreciate that effort and we'll catch you in the next episode.